0: to begin. Are you ready? Circle Up Indy is a podcast about telling the stories that need to be heard, Everybody, about seeking the truth, and pushing for community evolution. It's a new day right now. Everything's changed. Let's circle up. Put it out to the world right now. For our people, people our community, community our, city. our city. If you going to do something, do it right. From the All Indiana Podcast Network. Everybody's here together. This, this is Circle Up Indy. Circle Up Indy. With James Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the Circle Up Indie Podcast. I'm your host, James Wilson. And the topic of conversation, let them doubt us. With our community and deeper struggle uh, and not understanding what direction we're going, we're here with a special guest um, to kind of help fill in from a black standpoint and from her standpoint as a black woman. Uh, Miss Jasmine Miner. excuse me, did I say that? Gotcha. Yes, got right. Awesome. Miss Miner is an investigative reporter at Wish TV 8. Guys, continue to keep pushing, evolving, and growing our society with us on the Circle Up Indie podcast. No time to sleep. Time to circle up.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash investing in America.
1: All right, everybody, we back from last week's episode. You know we continue to talk about economics and what it looks like in the black community, but we're shifting back and forth between economics. And violence, trying to show in a coalition how they do exist with one another. So, again, uh, in the introduction, we spoke about having a special guest, and we got a super special guest, uh, Miss Jasmine Miner. Miss Miner, say hey. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me, James. No problem, Miss Miner. So, Miss Miner, tell us a little bit more about you.
0: You know, um, I was well, I was born and bred in Chicago. Well, I was born and bred in Chicago, shout out to Chi-town, but uh, my parents both grew up in Indianapolis, both my parents went to Purdue, my grandparents are here, so really it just feels like a second home, a lot of extended family here in Indianapolis. Uh, Played tennis in college for Georgia Tech, went to Northwestern for grad school, and uh, now I'm here just telling these amazing stories of the community, so really love to be here.
1: Thank you, Miss Miner, so much for your um, background yeah. um, and a little bit about yourself. But looking at it from your standpoint, not only just being a black woman and being an investigative reporter, tell a little bit more about being investigative reporter. Ah, sorry, guys, about being an investigative reporter, and I kind of show you how that correlates to what you do now.
0: Yeah, you know, I think in my particular position, we see a lot. You know, um, a lot of the stories that I get to cover uh, tend to not be very quick. They tend to be long-term, which means that I get to know people very well um, in my position. Um, And I think the things that I really love about my job is getting to be in those, uh, sometimes very difficult moments with people. Um, A lot of times I'm one of the first people Mm. they see on their worst day. I'm some of the first people they see on their best day. Um, And you get very, very close very, very quickly. Um, And and I think that's a a privilege to be in that position, to be able to hear people's stories uh, because it's personal to them. And oftentimes I can become one of the most valuable people in their story because I'm the sole reason they even have a voice. And so I take that very personally, very seriously. um, And I think that's just what led me into this job. I just, I love it and I think it's important
1: that's deep I appreciate you again for sharing Um, you interviewed me was that about a week or so ago Yeah. um, about the shooting Mm -hmm. uh, Ben Davis High School if you would please can you kind of give a brief rundown uh, to the audience about what took fold uh, and you kind of following up and interviewing me
0: yeah so uh, Ben Davis High School football game uh, what was that last Friday I want to say um, there was a shooting right outside of the stadium 18 year old David Tillman uh, he pulled out a gun there was some kind of argument going on. He told police that he meant to fire the shots in self-defense, um, but one of those shots did hit a 16-year-old, um, and he was arrested. Um, and one of the uh, boys that uh, he was with at the time, it was a 14-year-old boy um, who ended up uh, getting arrested for a carjacking about a month ago. And so I reached out to you because I really wanted to understand this idea of kids not only getting their hands on weapons, um, but feeling, well, the need to get one, period, and the need to use it out of protection for themselves, right. um, and also passing it along to each other, yep. right? And so I, that was something that I think has been a increasingly big issue over the last couple of years I want to say I think I've seen this really grow yeah um, but I mean you're seeing situations where kids are just supposed to be going to school enjoying themselves going to football games whatever else it is and somehow it turns into this violence and I think part of that is because they see that growing up yep there we go um, they experience that there growing up yep. and so uh, I think it starts for a very very early age and uh, it grows into adulthood and th- and that's the part that I think breaks my heart I we were on a police shooting, James, maybe a couple weeks ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I i think I told you this, but probably one of the hardest parts of me being on any kind of crime scene is I always look around to my left or right, and I always see a, a baby, um, a kid, probably no more than two or three years old, Keep sometimes preaching. younger. Keep preaching, Jasmine. And... Uh, they will be riding their bike or they're uh-huh. playing hopscotch or whatever else or playing cards in, in the driveway or on the sidewalk. They are probably no more than 10 feet away from the crime scene tape. Yeah. That's, you know, you full of... Uh, police cars, SWAT cars, you know, even sometimes at the point where you the dead body is still there, whatever it looks like. You've got people screaming and yelling yeah. and crying. I mean, it's a very intense, very, very traumatic emotional. scene. But when I look over to my side and I see these these babies honestly just playing on the swings at the park or whatever else it is, it's it is a situation where that Particular scene is so normalized for them. Mm -hmm. They're so used to it that they can still go and ride their bikes around and laugh and have fun and not necessarily feel phased by it. But I think where people really overlook this is that that trauma doesn't go away. Once you see it at a young age, just because you can ride your bike and laugh and play with your friends, it somehow gets in your system and it shows up when you become an adult and then that's where you see the sort of generational cycle that keeps happening, especially when it comes to the black community. Because I think we suffer the most You're preaching, Jasmine, situations. right now. You ain't yeah. <laughs> you No, 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 I no, no. Listen. Like listen, <laughs> Jasmine.
1: That's one of the reasons I had you come on here. And if I may. Yeah. And the reason I had you come on here when I first met you, and at all the times I've been interviewed, the thing that caught my attention the most about you is that you stopped and you looked at everything else. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, you stopped and looked at the generational legacies that we we're leaving good and or bad yeah. in our own community. Yeah. That's what caught my attention. So it brought me back when you interviewed me last week about the story at the end you asked me a question. You said, if you had anything to say, uh, or say anything about it, something to that nature, what would you say, what would you ask? Yeah. And I wanted to ask what was on their heart? What was mm-hmm. on their heart to where they feel like they have to protect themselves? Why do they have to always carry a weapon and so on and so forth? Because they're always in this level of state of survival. Right. Right. And then you hit it just a few minutes ago. Going back, talking about what their environment looked like, the things that they're going through, the traumas that exist. Mm-hmm. What it is is socioeconomic trauma, right? And yeah. that's something I've been pushing for a long time. And so with socioeconomic trauma, we're looking at the whole aspect of why our community not developing. They may have mm-hmm. all the faith in the world, Javin, to be a great reporter like you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but It's hard. It, it is. It's
0: very hard. You're facing You're facing. So many different obstacles against, yes. against you. You know, I, I'm someone who I, I feel like I grew up in a nice area. I feel like my parents um, worked very hard to give me and my sisters what we we had growing up, yeah. and I still feel struggles as a black woman now. Till this day. Now, now, yeah, till this day, and so now, put someone who maybe doesn't have who had the same resources as I did, or Keep had talking. the same family that I did. I mean, it, it turns into different. But I also want to point out, you know. This is not something that is new. This is historic. Ooh. When we look at slavery, slavery was what 400 years, yeah. okay. Segregation <laughs> only ended like 50 what? 51, 52 years ago now, yeah. I want to say. You're talking about 400 years of suppression. of suppression, of economic divide, right? Ooh. Of, of families being divided, the, the spiritual level, the emotional, the mental level. I mean, you're thinking about all that trauma. Ooh. That doesn't just go away. How many it years? Is 400 years.
1: You hear that? 400 years.
0: 400 years of slavery, versus right? Versus 50, right? Right. Versus okay. it's only been 50, 51 years since segregation. Freedom. Right. Till quote unquote freedom. So... There's a lot that is so deeply rooted in our systems, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter if you're talking about the financial system, the education system, mm-hmm. right? The prison mm-hmm. system, the justice mm-hmm. system. There's so much that's rooted here that it's just not going to be an overnight thing. Not I all. think, <laughs> it, so it, it's it's not something that just goes away or that's going to be fixed. And I know so many people just want to say, well, we gotta change it right away, and yeah. we do. We need to keep pushing, we need to keep pushing forward. But I think for me, I want to see more of young black people Ooh, be preach. able to say, I can do this. I am worthy, I am of value. Despite what my environment looks like, despite where what my family has done, despite even, even the mistakes that I've made Thanks. That doesn't change your worth or value. And I think it's that that internal belief that I don't see a lot with young black people. When I talk to young teens, especially black boys, um, and I'll ask them, you know, I'll be talking to them and trying to get to know them and whatnot, because usually I'm covering a yeah. story. Um, and I'll ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they can't answer it. Not really and it's because Ooh. they don't see themselves living past the age of 23.
1: See, you, you you're hitting on something now right now, Jasmine and this is thank you again you're hitting on something that's why we call, titled this let them doubt us mm-hmm. because so many times we doubt ourselves too
0: yeah and big we time. doubt
1: ourselves because they doubt us and when nobody's instilling a lot or you know pouring so much into you, mm-hmm. you're not going to have that drive to move ahead, right mm-hmm. And so you ever had a time in your life right? And this is using this for instance. And you know, you ever have a time in your life where you're so adamant about accomplishing something, mm-hmm. and you put all the effort and time and the work in, but then you was waiting for that one approval for that one person, mm-hmm. or you're looking for the yeah. approval for that person, and then they come along, and then they kind of just swat everything away. Yeah. How yeah. did that make you feel?
0: Well, I've been there several times <laughs> in <It's laughs> yeah. my life. Fast. I won't lie. I mean, for me, I'm I'm a. I come from a perspective of faith where um, it it came to a point where I had to learn and accept that my value is not dependent on what someone else puts on a paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's not dependent on what someone else puts on social media. It's not dependent on what someone else says about me, yeah. right? Um, and that's why I say my worth and my value comes... Really, from God, and and I had and I had to learn that lesson the hard way, yeah. um, big time. And sometimes it's something that I wish, in the Black community, I saw more of because it's there. You know, none none of becoming a reporter, becoming a musician, becoming a business owner, whatever you want to do, yeah. none of it has ever been impossible it's just that there have been there have been so many people so much of your environment that maybe has said it is impossible and so you just believed it right the problem was never what they said the problem is that at some point as Mm. black people we believed it and so i think there's this really strong movement right now in the black community where people are trying to they're like we're finding our own i see more Black-owned businesses popping up yeah, you've now. Seen
1: the long right, long, long time, long time,
0: yeah. and it's a, it's, it's honestly amazing. But what upsets me the most is that, and I was talking to other journalists about this. Like I, I, I love this, the, this Black Lives Matter movement. I love everyone coming together. I love seeing white people <laughs> join. I really do. I yep. do. But I hate the fact that it had to start with George Floyd. I yeah. hate the fact that it had to start with someone having to die tragically and harshly and publicly for there suddenly to, to be this change. movement, to suddenly to be this change, for suddenly to be this well, black businesses rise up and companies that's hire more people yeah. of color and yeah. you know yep. this whole movement. Yep. I'm glad that it's there. I'm, I really am glad but that there's a the bigger push
1: to somebody else's life, right, and the suffering of somebody else's family.
0: And it didn't have to be. Not at all. And a lot of times, I think that goes back to um, the scenes that we're on, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. where I'm literally and I take the time. I'll, when I talk to family members, I take the time to pray over them. I take the time to encourage them as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see, you know, the the sister or the daughter or the wife or the mom or whoever crying and really upset, um, a lot of times that is their big life changer. That is something where they say, I got to do something different. And I hate that it took that happening Ooh. For them to finally get to a point where it says, I can't take this anymore. It's
1: deep. Right? It's deep.
0: So, and and like everything, you know, we, we each have our own individual choices. You know, we have to make a choice. To, we have to choose freedom. We yep. have to choose life every single day. We all have to do that. But I fully understand that the environments that have been set up, the economic environments that have been set up, Have not been made for for Black people to to win. Not for us. I get that. I get that, and it's there.
1: But you're everything you touched on is hitting to my my next conversation. Um, And you talked about the pathways. Mm -hmm. You talk about the resources there. But what I learned from experience, Jasmine, that some people may understand the pathways are there. They may even start walking down those paths. But sometimes they don't. Never have nobody there to really hold their hand to help them grow along that path.
0: I always tell people, mentoring is free. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to start an organization. You don't have to uh, have a bunch of kids at your house or whatever else. You can literally grab onto someone, one person, (laughs) and mentor them. It's free. It doesn't take a lot of time. It, It is something that is so powerful to have someone say, I believe in you.
1: But why I is that happening in great capacities more so now than ever when you have a lot of people, especially younger generations that are hungry? Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of times in media and you see a lot of times in social media that we're out here, the young folks out here gun toting, killing everything and so on and so forth, not really understanding that every, that doesn't represent everybody, the small proportion uh, mm-hmm. of the few for the many. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, the ones that are out there and is trying to seek the help that's looking for it, right? And they get that and they're trying to go about it. How do they get to that path? How do they get to a mentor? So we say we need a mentor. But what if I, for instance, when I grew up, I grew up from the grime. I ain't have no mentor. Only mentors that raised me was the streets. The people who sold kilos of cocaine or robbed somebody Mm -hmm. and popped somebody, right? So I didn't have that person that, you know, had a great statue all the time that can come and grab me and invest in me. Or they may get scared because of where I'm from. Mm -hmm. What do we do and how do we get there? How did that individual like myself or a young woman like yourself that wants to succeed, right, that Mm -hmm. don't want to be doubted on on their strive and their success, how do they get to that person to help them get there?
0: For me... I think what helped me a lot is I had to decide when I really when I really want something, I just had to find a way. God was always going to open the doors, but I had to knock on it. And for me, you know, for example, even coming into journalism. I was an athlete at Georgia Tech, um, you know, and I, I hurt my wrist like my senior year and I was studying business and finance. And I remember thinking to myself, God, like, what what do I do with my life now? Like, I had this yeah. plan. It's gone. It's literally no idea. And something about being working. You talk in, to my
1: son. Jasmine. Yeah, right. <laughs> like,
0: sure. But like something about being in a cubicle just scared me and I don't know what it was. And so, you know, I'm like, well, everyone's like, you look like you'd be good on TV. And I said, OK, well, I don't know anything about journalism know anything about journalism really period like nothing you so, didn't go to school at all right I well i went well, to, not I went, like, I went to grad school eventually but, but, but you didn't wake
1: up and be like hey i'm a journalist No, no no, like, no 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 gotcha. no
0: but i but what i did i said okay what do i know how to do and I said, okay, well, I've taken all these business classes. Yeah. Okay. So then I went out and I said, okay, I went to the music school. I went to the journalism program that they had at the time. I went to um, the advertising school and mm-hmm. I, said, I put together a team of 25 people and I said, let's put a show together. You know I had my advertisers, I had my marketers, I had, you know, my designers, I had my music people you had making everything. beats. beat, right? Oh, but but that's what but that's what I but I knew yeah. how to do. Yeah. Everything else I said, well let me just set up and learn along the way. Yeah. I read books, I called cold called people. I didn't care if you worked at ESPN, <laughs> I didn't care if you were at ABC News, I didn't care if you were the local news station. You own it. You were going to hear from me. You were going to have 15 minutes of coffee with Jasmine Miner, right? because I didn't know what I was doing. So I said, fine, I will go, go figure it out. I will go figure it out. Yeah. Just because you grew up on the streets, just because you grew up in a certain environment does not mean you lack knowledge. Preach, In Preach. fact, you might know a lot more what? than a lot of people what out d- there. With degree sometimes, huh? Exactly. Facts. You, it, you, you've you always had talent. You've always had purpose. You've mm. always had certain experiences that have gone along the way. I do not think if Jay-Z, Jay-Z did not grow up the way he did, he would be as good of a businessman as he is now.
1: More he potent, is it? so
0: good. He's aggressive. Right? He's aggressive. He knows how struggle. to get people done. He knows how to get people. He knows how to talk them in. I mean, he's just so good, but he grew up in a certain environment. He wasn't somebody that went to Harvard, right? Yep. He learned along the yep. way yep. right one Wonder- of so, the world's
1: richest black men.
0: exactly so Thanks. i'm just i'm just saying like you have more inside of you than you think and it's okay not to know, Let it's, okay, know. it's okay it's yeah. okay not to have all the knowledge and all the books and all the experience whatever else if you got to go to the library where it's free
1: to Don't get a library nine, right?
0: card you got it these is apps free. too though. You got, you got apps the apps too, too if you want, but if you don't have access to a phone, you don't, there is a library, you go you go say I'm looking for this kind of book, where do I look at it? You pull yeah. out a book and you sit there and you read it, right? Yeah. I'm just saying there's it's there for you. It it really is and I understand the it's nerve wracking I remember when I first showed up and I got this big interview with a, a network executive and I was so nervous and it was New York and I was this young kid, 20 years old, thinking, oh, I, I, I can do this journalism thing. And I remember going up to his office and it was big skyscraper, so intimidated. And he tore me apart. Mm. We looked at the real, he was a great guy. He, he is a great guy, but he's from New York. He's blunt, he's harsh, he wants the best of the best. About his and business. for an hour, he tore me apart. And I remember sitting down in like the middle of Manhattan on the streets just crying <laughs> like what so am i what doing so what did you do here? to
1: bounce back though
0: i sent him a handwritten thank you card and i said thank you for your time i said I, I thank you for your advice i applied to every journalism school i went to grad school i worked my butt off i graduated first in my class and i left for um my first job in tv and i won an emmy uh huh. Yes, I won an Emmy my first my first year of my job. But 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 and every year yeah. that that guy gets an email or something from me that says, "Hey, just want to check in with you. Here's what I'm doing now." Right? I needed that everyone thinks that everything in your life has to be picture perfect or it has to be this um, everything works out or everything Mm. is I don't know rainbows and butterflies or if you live in this neighborhood everything will work out or if you went to this school it'll work out no 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 you need the losses you need the failures Mm. you know what I'm saying you need it that's what drives you to be better to get more
1: Jasmine, you just hit hard today. I tried. You, no, you just punched me over here like a little kid, like, er! <laughs> 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 but as she talked on, she hit on, let them doubt you. Let them doubt us. but it's through your actions your drive yeah. and your passionate understanding more importantly right because she went to seek understanding and she did it on her own in order for her to prosper and grow and be where she at now congratulations to all your success and yeah, for all your hard work. absolutely appreciate and it's just that. the beginning tell them just saying you ain't done is you
0: i am not done i got a lot more work to do i got Take a no lot more. more stories to tell and you know what um The days don't necessarily get any easier. They're hard. They're tough. Um, I have plenty of bad days, (laughs) plenty of tough days. But at some point, I got to look myself in the mirror and I got to say I believe in myself. And everybody else and every little black girl and every little black boy out there, you got to do the same. You got to believe in yourself. And I don't care if you got a lot. Fake it till you make it. Look in that mirror and fake it till you make it. Because you are worth worth something and you are of value. And I don't ever want anybody to forget that.
1: I appreciate that. And as the title say today in the episodes, let them doubt us. It's times that we doubt ourselves. It's times that I doubt myself. Heck, mm-hmm. just before we start each podcast, believe it or not, a lot of people think I'm just so great on TV and speak well. But I get nervous. And I, you know, I actually stop and pray and let God be my voice and my guidance um, to the best of my ability. So, therefore... Uh, I'm making sure I'm delivering my message potent and strong for those that believe in us because I want to make sure that you know that we believe in you. You heard our stories, and you heard Jasmine's story, but just know that somebody believes in you, we believe in you, no matter what you're going through. Keep listening, keep pushing, and keep evolving in our society with us on the All Indiana Podcast Network. No time to sleep. Time to circle up. This is Circle Up Indy. Circle Up Indie.
0: James Wilson.
1: Follow Circle Up Indie online at
0: circleupindi.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast and check out
1: new episodes every week on the All Indiana Podcast Network. And
0: available wherever you get your podcast.